we've talked about guides. But a lot of the guides we've been talking to have been in my area. And that's pretty awesome. The Navarre Beach area is always a good one. But let's say you want to go somewhere else on vacation. You ever heard of a place called Gulf Shores? It's over in Alabama. It's some hot fishing. And you're definitely missing out if you haven't taken a look at it. Today, we're going to be talking to Jordan Gooding of G2 Coastal. And it's going to be hot. He's going to have some awesome info for us. And you're not going to want to miss any of this interview. So stick around. You're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. man it's the good time it's another good day to be listening to a good podcast and you all going for a good treat today jordan welcome to the show man hey brian thanks for having me i uh, been waiting for this I, we uh we only got a quick talk in not too long ago and it was like hey uh you want you want to come on by chance and i was like please let him say yes please let him say yes he's like yes I'm like, yes <laughs> this is gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah absolutely man so for those of you who don't know jordan um you can find him on facebook and insta uh, g2 coastal youtube he has an excellent channel with a ton of knowledge um and i do mean that really very wholeheartedly uh at g2 coastal as well you definitely want to take a look at his channel because not only is it quality on fishing but he's giving you reports he's giving you information that you can come back to and take a look at if you're ever coming down to the gulf shores area so we're talking in the gulf shores we're talking orange beach gulf shores fort morgan that whole piece of property right there and jordan is one of the very few guides that are in that area so this is a this is like prime intel right here and it's it's good also considering i'm gonna come you know, poach in your backyard one day and finally go fishing over there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> All right, man. Let's dig into this thing. All right, so G two. I know that means something. So, so what's what's the name of G two here? Well, I, I wanted something a little unique, but something super simple to remember. So, essentially, what G two is. My last name is Gooding. I fish on the Gulf. So G two, right there, <laughs> dude. Why is it simple? Works out so damn well. <laughs> because it's simple. It is. Keep it simple, man. <laughs> we we just got yeah. to that age now where we're like, can you please just simple this? Just make this easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it rolls off the tongue. It's easy to remember. So I liked it and I stuck with it. Nice. Uh, how long have you been guiding? I actually just started the spring, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought, yeah. I thought you, I, I thought you've been doing it longer the way that you've been carrying yourself. I'm like, dude, this guy's got an encyclopedia of knowledge. He's been at this for years. That's well, awesome. I mean, I, I've, I've done the surf fishing for several years, but this was the first time I, I actually decided to do the guide part of it. So okay. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're very good at fishing. So uh, I, it would seem like a natural progression to me on your side to definitely become a guide. So that, that's fun. Why do you do it though? What, what is it makes you want it to be a guide? Well, it, it's not something I'd always wanted to do. Um, long story short, I did 10 years in law enforcement. Um, and I, I enjoyed law enforcement. I, I really did, but I had two little girls, four and two years old and just decided law enforcement, law enforcement wasn't for me anymore. And it was actually the wife that encouraged me to, 
chase a dream and start doing guided surf fishing. So nice. Yeah, so I, I owe my, I owe all this to my wife Jessica, one hundred percent. Dude, that's outstanding. It's isn't it not? It's one of the best things in the world when you got one of those super supportive spouses. It's like now nah, for the team, this is what I, this is your passion. Go for it. Yeah, I mean it, it's incredible. I mean I I couldn't ask for anything else. So that's fun. And and so you said you have two kids. Was that two daughters? You said or I didn't. Catch yes. That. All right. Yep, two little girls, four and two. Oh boy! So the the four year old, I mean, obviously the two is running around probably quite a bit. We always love that young age of okay. I need need you to sit still for thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, that don't happen. <laughs> yeah, no, not with a two year old. That's for sure. Uh, does the four, your four year old like to go out and fish with you at all? Uh, she likes to say she does, and then after about twenty seconds, she's playing in the sand and could care less about the fish. And so, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my eleven year old. <laughs> Makes sense. So, oh yeah, when it comes to guiding, what's your favorite thing about it? Uh, meeting people from all over the place, and, and a lot of people I take out kind of come from the Midwest area, like Missouri, Indiana, Kentucky. Um, but it's just cool to just meet all these people and and to be able to introduce them into what I do down here, um, because it, it is. I mean, it's a completely different ball game than freshwater fishing. Oh yeah. So. I enjoy that, and I, not to sound cliche, but I love having kids out there. I mean, kids are a blast to have out there. They're even they'll talk about stuff that's not even about fishing. I mean, they'll they'll want to know just random facts about you, and I just I just get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. <laughs> so, w- with the kids, I mean, th- is that not like the ultimate highlight right there when you, they hook up and you're like, "Yep, there you go, go get them, kiddo." Uh, oh, yeah, I, I get more enjoyment at watching a kid catch a fish. I mean, and I don't care if it's a hard head. I mean, just just seeing their eyes light up and get a reel on that fish, I mean, right there, that's that's what I meant it for. Absolutely. And I think it's actually, that's been a common theme um, when I've been talking to uh, the the guides here has been that one point is that a lot of people are, each one of them is like, dude, the kids, they make the trips. They're the ones that make this worth coming out and doing my job. So I, I, yeah, I mean, just seeing it from as a surf fisherman down the beach, and I see a kid doing, it, I'm like, that kid's awesome! Like, dang it, he got that pompano. Yeah. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It is awesome taking kids out. And um, twice this year, the the Gulf State Park uh, put on a kid fishing clinic. Uh, one in the spring, one in the fall. So I I volunteered my time just to get out there and take kids fishing. I mean, I it's just too much fun to miss. So. Yeah, how how did that work out? Was it was it like a really was it a big event or kind of small? Um, the fall one when I, when I say fall, I'm talking it was mid September, so kind of that summer fall transition a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I want to say we had like forty plus kids come to that one. So I mean, we had like yeah, like ten or fifteen volunteers, and it, it's just it's too fun to miss. So I'll, I'll always volunteer to help out with that. Oh, yeah, how could you not? I mean, you're giving them knowledge and seeing the payoff right there in an instant payback dude that's phenomenal way to go brother way to go yeah i appreciate that so um what has been your biggest challenge about guiding oh, the pressure of getting people on fish oh, man. <laughs> i can imagine um and i mean i've had excellent luck with the people i've taken out most of them realize at the end of the day it's fishing it doesn't matter how long you fished, how good at fishing you are, 
there are days where just the fish don't cooperate with you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but overall, I mean, I, I put more pressure on myself than the people I take out. And that's, that's just me personally. I just, I, I stress myself out more than, than the people I take out do for sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's the business one. You're always wanting to be successful. You're, you you want to drive that nail. So I mean, I get that completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're also providing content for YouTube and, and kind of, I want to tie that one together there with guiding. What has been one of the challenges for you when it comes to getting that content for YouTube? Oh, um, um, how do I word this? Um, <laughs> gotcha. Getting out there and um, being able to just to to make everything flow because I like I I may go out with like plan like okay I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make a how to catch pompano video. Um, that that day the pompano may not even show up, so that that's a challenge in itself there. Um, but I mean it takes a lot of time to make a eight to twelve minute video. I mean that's not that's just not an hour of fish. I mean, that may be four or five hours of fish. And it, it may take a couple of days to even put some of those videos together. Yeah. A lot of people uh, forget that part where it's like, uh, this wasn't 20 minutes of my time. Uh, no, you noticed the sun was up when I started. And did you notice it's on the other side of the screen when I finished? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you're out there and, and you, and you're able to get the content you want, then you got to come home and then you got to review all that footage and, cut the crap out of it and, and just try to put 10 minutes of, of solid footage together. And, and that can be very challenging at times. Right. Cause you got, I mean, you got all that to call with that though. Has there been a day you've gone out and you're like, Oh, thank you. I had the camera rolling. This is going to be the greatest video ever. I've, I've greatest I've ever done. Um, <laughs> uh, actually to, um, I, I filmed it yesterday, but today I put out a, uh, how to improve your surf casting video and it just it just flowed really well for me like the it didn't take me super long to do and it didn't take me super long to edit it was just one of those videos that just flowed from the moment i started it um i loved that one i watched that today uh and it was funny because uh i about oh goodness it was a while ago we did a video in panhandle surf fishing uh, where we had an old coon uh, come down and give us a casting clinic and a few people showed up but we got the video out there but watching yours i was like dang this was good this was really good like i i, I definitely <laughs> i enjoyed it so thank you for booing that video by the way because that is one of the few things i noticed like a lot of people like oh I, I gotta figure out how to cast or they're coming in with a freshwater mentality and and it, it, we're different oh yeah yeah and, and that's like usually when, I, when i'm throwing beyond the bar that's the first thing that everybody's like whoa dude you threw that so far and i'm like well yeah but it, i mean it's it's taken me time to get to the at the skill level that I can throw that far. I mean, it, it's not something you just pick up overnight. I mean, it, it, it takes some practice to to get that casting down with the long rods and the heavy weights. Oh, absolutely. Not, I mean, because it's, I mean, freshwater, you got what? It's more more wrist. I mean, you get a little bit of whip in there. And, and now with this 12-foot, 11-foot, whatever one, you got a bigger butt, and you're like, all right, pivot right, hold it as the pendulum, yank left, and just let her <laughs> ride the lightning. Well, what happened to my bait? Yep. We're not worried about the bait just yet. Don't worry <laughs> that that flew off. We're going to come up with something else for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And what I noticed is like 99% of people, when I let them throw those big rods, it goes sky high and way to the right. Just because they don't, they're not used to such large equipment out there. So they, 
they end up side arming it too much and they release it too early and it just goes flying high and to the right most of the time. So. Yep. And see everyone, everybody does it. It's not just you. Everyone <laughs> does the same thing. Don't tell anybody, but I still do it sometimes. So. You're not the only one. I mean. <laughs> I've always got the, it's either high and right. Like if I do it wrong, it's either high and right or a line drive. Like exactly. there's a bullet and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I wanted it. Not as far. <laughs> yeah, it went straight, just not as far out as I wanted it to go. Right. Right. It's just like golf. Oh, yeah, I meant I meant to put it there. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> By the way, I crossed that guy down the beach. Got to walk down there. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the fishing side, uh, do you have a favorite way to fish when you're out uh, surf fishing? I mean, by that, I mean, um, like, hey, yeah, I, I love using this rig, this bait, this setup. Like, that's that's your primary go-to. Yeah, most days I, I start off um, just throwing out set rigs, uh, single drop set rigs with pyramid weights. Um, I'll, I'll usually start off with uh, shrimp to start the day and then I'll, I'll scoop up some samples if I can find them. But my, my primary bait that I like to use is go shrimp. Um, oh, yeah. and they're extremely hard to find right now where I do most of my fishing. Unfortunately, we've, the structure has been kind of wiped away with the heavy winds and surf we had last week. So yeah, that was some but real I, weather. That, that was no joke right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, the structure that I like to fish, it's gone. I mean, it, it doesn't oh, no. exist anymore. <laughs> so, got to change things up a little bit here. Um, but I also like to throw artificials. Um, and one of my favorite way to throw artificials, well, one of my favorite types of fishing is the flounder fishing. I just, I get hooked on that once October rolls around and I can start targeting them in the surf. That's kind of what I, I like to do in October mostly, but I still throw set rigs. Flounder fishing is something that is... In my opinion, if you can catch flounder, you go out there and you plant it, I think that you're on a whole different level of fishing. And you've proved it. I'm, I'm like, I've watched you. I was like, all right, how am I going to steal his mentality here? Because, I mean, I, the only time I've caught a flounder is uh, it was absolutely by accident. So it was like, oh, well, I guess I can check that off the species list. But it was definitely not on purpose. Uh, do, and, go ahead. I was going to say, um, to catch flounder, it really helps if – if you have really strong transition points like holes and and drop offs next to shallow water not all beach structures have that so i mean if you're if your beach is pretty flatter and and pretty pretty much the same through there that can make it difficult but when you can kind of narrow it down to specific spots you can walk past those shallow areas and you're like okay well here's a hole i'm going to throw in there and see if there's a flounder there is or there isn't, so you just move on to the next. So there, there, there can be a lot of walking the, the way I flounder fish, but it's just the best way that i found that works for me. But see, you brought up one of the best parts that a lot of people forget is that it's not like surf fishing where we're going out and we're looking for the bar, we're looking for the wave action, where we're looking for the cuts. It's like, okay, hold up. There's a couple more elements to the flounder uh, fighting the flower. Or flower. Oh, my gosh. I can't even edit it because <laughs> I feel like an idiot. So finding flounder, it, 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 it's a different... It's a different type of visible cues on what to what to fish at, and I'm thank you yes. for saying that because that's an easy thing to forget when you're going out there. Right. Do you have a, a preferred bait set? I mean, I know I, I'm asking for trade secrets here a little bit, but uh, when it comes to fishing for flounder on artificial, do you have a, a preferred uh, bait? Um, I will use a quarter ounce or 
three eighths ounce uh, jig head. Um, I, I prefer white. I don't know why. Just maybe because that's what I throw most often. Um, that's that's probably why I catch more fish on it because I throw that more often than any other baits. But um, that and like a a four inch white curly tail grub, just super simple. It just seems to produce for me. So I like like the G two name. I I try to keep the surfish and simple. <laughs> I mean, it's worked though. I mean. So the curly tail, all right, with a grub, all right, that yep. makes a little bit more sense. I know that uh, Fish Bites had some stuff. Uh, I was talking to, oh, my gosh, uh, Blake Hunter. Uh, he was talking to me a little bit about uh, Fish Bites and their stuff, and I know Bon had mentioned, uh, mentioned. Bon had mentioned using uh, Fish Bites um, bo- dirty boxers uh, for his flounder yeah. fishing. So that, that makes yep. a lot of sense for that tail setup like that with the bouncing it nice and slow. But that's the other part, too, is it's not – turboing like you would you know pop pop pause pop pop pause it's a lot slower fishing right it is very slow and, and what i what i do when i find a real nice hole it's not just one or two casts in there i i might throw in a hole 10 or 15 times just trying to work it at different angles because sometimes those flounder they they want that lure to literally get drug right over them before they'll hit so it is a slow methodical style of fishing for sure right okay so um, you threw another one out there, which I thought was pretty interesting, because not a lot of people are doing this nowadays. You like to throw a single drop, not a double dropper. Yes. Well, what, what's your um, what's your thought process with that? Um, less to get tangled up, um, and I rarely catch doubles. So yep. the way I look at it, if I'm throwing the double dropper loops, I'm just I'm burning up twice as much bait and not catching twice as many fish. And I mean, people absolutely do double up all the time. I'm just not lucky enough to double up very often. So I just reduced it down to the single dropper. That makes total sense. Cause I'm, I mean, the only time I've ever caught a double is when it was blue runner season, but I mean, hell they'd eat a rubber shoe if you threw it out. So <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> if I double up, it's blue runner or hardhead. Oh, friggin' hardheads. <laughs> I really wish I enjoyed catfish because it'd be like every day, like, Oh, I got more cat. I, I, I just, I'm not a catfish fan. It's not tasty. Well, I, I tell you what, I ate a couple this summer, oh? and I honestly didn't think they were that bad. Really? Uh, yeah, they, they weren't great big ones. I mean, they were probably 10, 12 inches, and I, I've just heard for years, don't eat them. They taste like trash, and I thought, well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to try, and the the way they tasted to me was very similar to a freshwater channel cat. I, I just, I thought they were a pretty mild-flavored fish, so. Huh. I think they, it, they get my approval. I guess, you know, maybe the way, the only reason I don't like catfish, I think, is the way it's been prepared for me. I think I always get the gritty meal um, when I've had it, like, served to me in other places. And I'm like, no, I feel like I'm eating sand. Nope. No, nope, yeah. I, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. And, and I think that's a pretty common thing with even, like, freshwater catfish. You either like it or you don't. There's just something about it. So. All right. The next 12-inch cat I bring in, I'm bringing home. That's it. I'm slapping the there table. you go. I'm just gonna have to do it. <laughs> hey guys, I can't do it anymore. I gotta do it once. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what do you think the biggest draw is nowadays to surf fishing? Anybody can do it. It's it's an every man's sport. Um, you don't have to have thousands of dollars in equipment. You don't have to have a tens of thousand dollars uh, boat to get out there. I mean, yeah. if you can walk down to the edge of the water, you can surf fish. Makes sense. Yeah, and when if you're if people if you're coming down here for vacation, especially into that area, definitely you can do it. But keep in mind, you're not freshwater fishing. There are differences in this game. 
please come back and take a look at you know go to go go to go to G2 Coastal on YouTube and take a look at the information he's giving you on there because you'll understand it's not that way. You can't just put a whole shrimp on the tail and launch it out there and go, yeah, I'm gonna catch something. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> gonna catch an empty hook in about 30 seconds, but you know, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I wish yeah, that. It, it definitely, it definitely takes a, a while to really figure the surf out. Um, and I know some people they go out there for the very first time and they just tear it up and think, well, that was easy. Oh and yeah. Then oh, those are awesome. They'll, they'll, yeah. Then they'll come down for vacation the next spring or fall or whenever, and they they get skunked all week. Yeah. It it is hard to 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 consistently have success at times. I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter what you throw out there; you're going to catch fish. But those days are few and far between. Um, a, a lot of times, you got to put some solid work into into finding fish. Sometimes, so it's like when they come down during the Pompano Run. And they throw it like, you know, it, it's when they're running close and you get the line out there and you're just nailing Pompano and keeper monster nice Pompano. And you hit your limit in an hour and you're like, eh, why do they guys make <laughs> this look so hard? It's like, come on back in the winter, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come, <laughs> come in January or come in August when it's a thousand degrees out. And oh, my gosh. Then yes. I'll be impressed. <laughs> oh, those, those super hot days. And then you get the wrong wind where you get the black flies and they're just like, hey, what's biting these flies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your legs are shredded because they've chewed on you for hours. <laughs> yeah, it's painful right there. But you're right, though, man. I mean, if, you know, you come down here, you get a rod and a reel, you, you've got tons of coastline. You, you can just do a little intel searching on, you know, the Internet and, you know, hear, have, listen to the podcast. We've got plenty of info that's coming at you. We, we've talked about numerous ones in the other episodes. You know, look for the bar, look for the cut, look for the hole, throw it in the waves. You know, we've given you so many different tips for you to be able to jump with here. You you, you definitely can be set up for some success. So Absolutely. Come on down. But I will say, and I do say this in everyone that I talk to the the guides, um, and I know it's not in our notes here, but if you are coming down and you're coming into a new area to fish, I do, I really do recommend this that you get with a local guide. It's one, you're coming down, if you're on vacation, why waste the money on, you know, getting a rod, getting a reel, getting everything all set up, and then guessing. When you can go to somebody that knows the zone and be like, you want to go fish? All right, let's go get you fish. Yeah, they're going to give you the advantage. Why not take advantage of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I want people to come fish with me. That's how I make my money, so I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it does make it easier. I mean, it, I mean, we can put you – I mean, even if you bring your own gear down, we can still – show you the areas to hit and then you can come back out maybe that evening or the next day and set up right there and and pick up right where we left off from the trip the day before and you're you're a step ahead in the game that way yeah and you've gained a ton of knowledge because there's no way you're going to go out with a guide and not learn something it, oh I, absolutely i mean I, go ahead no i was gonna say um, i i've taken several people out that have surf fished before and then when they get out there with me they're like wow i mean i th- that thought never crossed my mind or I, I never even thought about doing that. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're always going to pick something up. And, and that's something super important is to never think you know enough to not continue to research and learn. Cause I mean, it, it's constant. If, if you want to improve your surf fishing game, you got to constantly be researching and learning. Absolutely. Because I mean, if you're not learning anymore, you're either dead or you should be teaching everyone else. I mean, exactly. I don't know what to say on that. Like, um, Larry Finch, I, I, I got to meet him 
at a tournament uh, back east once, and uh, it was hilarious. He's like, I'm 75 years old, man. What do you want to know? And I was like, really? He's like, well, I ain't taking it with me, so what do you want to know? I was like, um, can I get a USB port, and can you just dump everything in my brain real quick? Because <laughs> yeah. you're the man. <laughs> so that, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he knows his pompano. There's no doubt. Absolutely. but And even with that, with the guides, it's, it's important to get that knowledge because, like you said, there there's a nugget that somebody has that you didn't have. Get that nugget, learn it, and then, hey, pass that on to another person because they're going to need that nugget, right? I mean, what, what are you losing? Sure. So what is one thing that you think that people overlook about surf fishing uh, with a guide? I mean, I know we kind of hit that already, but is there anything else that you can think of that people are like, oh, I don't need a guide? Any reason why they should really go down that route? Well, th- that was my first mentality when I started to surf fish. I was like, I, I don't I don't need anybody to show me what to do. Um, and then when I'd get out there, I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I freeze up. I'm like, everything looks the same. Um, even though I've watched videos and I, I've seen the videos on where to hit and, and what to avoid, I, I would still get out there and just freeze and panic and think, this is all the same to me. Um, but a, a, a guide can, can – pinpoint those little features that are super easy to overlook like like holes um holes are super easy to look especially on on a really rough day um a lot of people don't realize that when those waves just kind of part for a second and then close back up there's a really good target area to throw lures into or or throw set rigs into because you do you have that deep hole that people just overlook all the time it's just there's lots of little things that guys can point out that just they, they're not going to cross your mind until you're out there with a the guy and you're like, so why did you do this? And then you're like, oh, makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather go to somebody that knows what's going on in that. I'd be like, oh, oh, that's a rip. I didn't know what that would look right. Exactly. There's a lot of people, I mean, even the ones, I'm sure you can probably attest to this one, like the people coming in from the Midwest, they see the signs, oh, watch out for a rip current. Uh, do you know what a rip current looks like? No. You'll know when you're in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you see these waves, two waves crashing right there, and then you see this weird channel in between the two waves constantly, that's a pretty good indication that that's a great place to throw your bait right there. So Exactly. Stack that up right there, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how is surf fishing different in, in Alabama than other places you've been? Well, to be honest, Alabama is really the only place I've ever surf fished. Um, I would say it's probably been 15 years ago. I went, well, I, I wouldn't even call it surf fishing, but um, I went on vacation with a friend out to North Carolina and we, we were just throwing lures. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, but other than that, all the other surf fishing I've done has been right here in Alabama. Yeah, it's still good right there. All right, so you you really know your spots then. So hey, <laughs> yeah, solve yeah, and that I, problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and kind of depending on the the time of the year, all that kind of dictates if I'm over in Orange Beach or if I'm in Gulf Shores or Fort Morgan. Um, it is I just kind of follow the migration of certain fish at certain times of year. So, oh man, the migration. You know. As a noob, I didn't know anything about that. I just figured, you know, like, oh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, they come through and they go away. I'm like, it's always nice here. How do you mean they come and go? Our water is always perfect. And then somebody sent me a chart with like, hey, these are the ideal fish temperatures. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Pompano don't like 80-degree water. <laughs> they really no, don't. No, they don't. <laughs> 
No, but when that water gets hot, you better be able to fish pretty far out and deep or you're not going to find a whole lot of pompano. Yeah, or change your game. Like, hey, all right, what are you going after? All right, today we're going after ladyfish and Spanish mackerel. Let's hope we can get something exactly. fun. Yeah, the- and, and sometimes that's what surf fishing is. I mean, you may want to catch pompano, but you're going to have to settle for what's active that day. I mean, there's just no other way around it. How'd you do this year with bluefish, by the way? I, I didn't get to ask you at the tournament. Um, I caught some huge bluefish. Uh, in, I want to say it was late August, early September. Um, and other, and I mean, I, I caught them sporadically through the year, but I ended up catching some really big ones there kind of towards the end of the summer. But I didn't catch a ton of them during the summer, really. Yeah, it was weird. It was kind of like, it, it was. I, I would think it was about 5 and 6 in the morning or right at sunset were the only times I was able to hook up on them. It was yeah. like they didn't yep. want it midday. It was like midday, the sun was up, they're like, I'm out, and they just went south. Yep. Uh, there were there were several mornings where I'd throw like top water or spoons right at daylight. I'm talking like that, just that little bit of twilight, and you had an hour to catch them, and then they were they shut off. I mean, you you weren't gonna catch them after that. So Man, top water was everybody was talking about top water this year with bluefish. It was just they were like, Oh, it was hammering. You just got oh, yeah. in that zone and it was a it was a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the bluefish I caught were literally next to the beach. They were they were chasing the bait fish right up to the sand, and that's where I hooked up on a lot of the ones I did catch. Yeah, they weren't far at all. I mean, within easily within fifty yards. I don't think oh, it was yeah. ever further than that. Actually, the ones I now that I think about it. Yeah, I, I caught all. I mean, like I said, I didn't catch a ton of them this year, but I mean, the ones I caught were really close to the beach. Yeah, and it's funny when I talk about bluefish. Um, I, I'm originally from New England, so. You know, when I was talking to um, one of my family members back uh, up in Maine about bluefish, they're like, well, how big was it? I was like, oh, it's 19 inches. He goes, that was a baby. I'm like, okay, hold up. We don't have <laughs> your cool 36-inch monsters up there that we, you know, down here. We don't get that. I'm sorry. I'll take a 19-incher, yeah, yeah. thank you. That's a damn big bluefish. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. If, if you break the 20-inch mark, you got a stud bluefish down oh, here on the coast. hands sure. down. Yeah, you better post that on every Facebook group down in the south and be like, <laughs> yeah, look what I got, because you're going to get a lot of hits. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that, that that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I think bluefish is actually an underrated fish. People are like, oh, it's trash. I'm like, if you just clean a little bit of the bloodline off, a little bit of the red, you're going to find yep. a really good fish. And, and to me, I, I don't like the, I mean, I, I use the term trash fish all the time, but usually when people, when they think of trash fish, it's because they've been told that fish is no good. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times for the taste of the fish, you, you got to get it cold right away. A lot of people like to bleed them. You got to cut that bloodline out and, and then you just got to get those guts out of them. You don't want them to sit around for a couple hours and get hot. Cause then, yeah, it's, it's going to get that little funky twang to it because you're, you're basically letting your fish start to rot before you prepare it so right and bluefish is a little bit fish forward i mean don't don't get me wrong it, it does have a fish oh, flavor yeah. you know you're eating fish yeah. with a bluefish but... absolutely and, and and i i like that to me I, if i'm eating fish i want it to taste like fish so yeah you just don't put pompano and bluefish on the same plate and you're gonna be like ugh. What is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make that does make a bluefish hard to eat when you got it sitting next to a pompano. Yeah, don't so. put don't put filet mignon <laughs> next to the freaking cube steak. Come on, man. It's, what are you, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want someone to know, uh, or somebody new that's going to come into surf fishing uh, in the Gulf Shores area to learn before going out for the very first time? Ooh, um, have 
reasonable expectations. Oh, nice, man. I, nice. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, at the beginning of the day, or, I mean, like I said er- earlier in this, um, at the end of the day, I mean, it's fishing. And uh, an analogy I like to use, the people that say they, they just can't find fish when they're out here surf fishing, um, a lot of us have, have fished these little farm ponds, these little freshwater farm ponds where you can stand in one spot and you can cast to every bit of that pond and you know every fish in that pond has seen your lure and you go home skunk some days look look at the size of the pond you're fishing in now so, i mean you <laughs> gotta have you gotta have realistic expectations it, it's not always just a crazy non-stop action out there some days it is hard and that's just the way it is man yeah the gulf of mexico is a pond yeah yeah there's a little log over there <laughs> where way yeah. out there <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So what has been your biggest lesson learned since you started surf fishing? You you gotta adapt. The you can't do the same thing every day and expect the same results. You you've gotta some days you can throw set rigs, some days that ain't gonna work, so you need to throw lures. Some days you can catch fish on shrimp, some days they're not gonna touch the shrimp and you better be throwing out sand fleas. I mean it's it's a constant changing thing i mean you you've just got to be willing to adapt every single day now a lot of people do make that mistake they go to the they go to the beach with just fish bites or just fish gum it's like um what else you got exactly i mean there's days where i've thrown fish bites i've thrown fish gum i've got ghost shrimp just regular shrimp and sand flakes. i mean there's days where i'll i'll throw it all to try to find fish so, those, yeah, def, definitely want to have multiple bait options. Those are the days, too, where you're just like, well, why don't you eat something and just tell me what it is? <laughs> yep. Because I, I, I think I threw, what the hell was I using? Oh, it was crab knuckles. I went through everything, and then the last thing I had was crab knuckles. I'm like, screw it. I'm throwing these out there. And all of a sudden, I'm looking up. I'm like, four and a half hours, and I knew to use crab knuckles in the beginning, and here I am. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i hate those days man but they're i mean they're, they're humbling and that's one thing i love about surf fishing well, hell fishing in general that this sport is humbling and it will bring, oh yeah it'll bring you right to your knees if you think you're the cocky one it, it yeah. oh yeah i mean I, it, it it i mean it had probably been since last winter um but i i'll be honest i got skunked on tuesday i didn't catch a fish this tuesday i i just no matter what I did, no matter where I went, I could not get a fish to hook up Tuesday. So, I mean, it happens to everybody. So This week was rough fishing, though, man. I mean, I, I, I feel you on that. We weren't doing much better over here on our side of the channel. It was rough. It was like, where'd they yeah. go? They were just here. <laughs> yeah, but it does look like you guys are, are tearing up some pompano every once in a while, though, over there in the bar. Yeah, we're getting a little, we're getting on and off. I'm noticing, what, what was it, the other day. We've been flat. Uh, we, we went from one and two foot, and then the north wind came in and just punched the surf right down to flat. And it was like, all right, there they went. And, yeah, you know, once it's a flat day, you know you are you have to change your game. Set rigs are going to be fun because you don't want to move, but you're not going to be hooking up on that ratio that you were before. You're, you're going to have many more sporadic on the pump. You'll probably get a little bit more on the whiting. Maybe a cruising red, maybe, but you you know you you got to have that action. That that surf action really makes a huge difference if you're going to do just sitting and set rigs. But oh yeah, it's, that that's what gets everything stirred up and moving out there. Those, those flat days, you, you better be patient because it's it's probably going to be slow. 
Yep. And if you do have that one thing I've learned recently, and people keep telling me to do it, I'm like, I don't want to walk. Fine, I'll walk. I mean, you, you grab a goofy <laughs> jig and you go out on a flat day and you just walk and start doing, you know, throw it out there and just do the retrieve and you might get rewarded because, you know, now they're seeing something like, hey, what's that? You know, uh, take a word exactly. from Blake. You know, he, he was telling me, he's like, hey, you get it in there. And then all of a sudden, next you know, you piss them off and they're coming after. It's like, that's fine with me. Get mad. Come, come yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Jordan, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I, I've been really excited for this since you said yes. And I, I know that I'm going to get over there and finally fish with you. I'm glad that I finally got to meet you face to face at the tournament where we were. We all uh, was at the goodbye goodbye Pompano tournament. And I finally got to catch up with him, and dude, that that was a hell of a tournament in itself. There, that that was some, that was some fighting fishing right there. Yeah, that that was a good time. It, it was it was tough fishing, but believe it or not, that that weekend of fishing was better than this week. It's it's been even more <laughs> tough since then. So. We can't get lucky all the time, right? It's like mm, no. Yeah. And I love the yeah. alternating, <laughs> like all of a sudden we're on our side of the channel. Um, for those of you who need the, uh, if you haven't seen our area, uh, Jordan's on the other side of Pensacola. So that, that part of Alabama, that little booth there, you got Fort Morgan and then we've got Fort Pickens on the other side. It, it's, it's funny how all of a sudden one day they will just be on fire and we will just be hating everything we see. Cause it's like, what the hell where the fish <laughs> and then yep. give it a week. It maybe a day, and all of a sudden we're on fire, and go, the whole Gulf Shores is like, "What the hell? They they were they were just here. Where's my fish?" <laughs> yeah, it, it turns into a desert bear fish. I mean, it does sometimes. Oh man! But then you know, then we all try to converge on the pass there, right there at the Fort Morgan and Pickens line. Like, come on, we can get them. We can get them. And then they're already out at the beach. You're like, "Oh, come on, man! I just changed my plan. C come back." Come back. <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, everybody, make sure you go take a look at Jordan on Facebook. You got G2 Coastal, Insta, G2 Coastal, YouTube, G2 Coastal, and go to the webpage, g2coastal.com. Lots of good information, lots of good stuff there. And again, Jordan, thanks, brother. I really do appreciate you. Hey, man, I love that you that you wanted me to be on the show. I think that's pretty awesome, so I appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll definitely see each other again soon. I know that. There's no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. <laughs> So everybody, thank you again for taking uh, taking the time listening to uh, the podcast. Go take a look at Jordan. Look at his information. Get it all set up. Share this info out because there is somebody out there that's going to come down here and go fishing. And if you're not sharing the knowledge, hey, why? What are you hoarding it for? Pass it on. Make everyone better. It's going to be good. We're all going to catch some fish. So stay tuned for next week. We're going to have some more awesome information. We're going to have lots of small businesses still coming on here and bringing you all these little individual individual secrets. Sorry, I can't speak. I've been talking too much. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad you were here. So thanks. Go forth. Do great things. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. All right. <laughs> Thank you